0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to think, feel, eat episode 22 this week's episode is kind of a sequel to last week's um, I want to just review a little bit about last week's episode. Not too much detail because, you know, I'm trying to stay on time now. So anyway, Good goal, especially with 1000 page thousand word outline. So anyway, I'm going to skip some things tonight. <laughs> Alright, so uh, last week. I talked about the one big decision that you need to make ahead of time. I've been teaching a lot for a year now about willpower and cravings. Well, it's been like a year and a half since I first found Dr. Stephan Gane, The Hungry Brain. Started teaching a lot about, just opened my eyes to so many things that, of why we can't stay on a protocol, right? Uh, Because of the seductive cravings, because of the hyper-palatability of certain foods, things like that, it was just so eye-opening to me. And then I studied more from there, willpower, habits. You know what I've been studying for the last year and a half. I began uh, self-coaching scholars in that training and uh, started learning a lot about um, our prefrontal cortex and how we need to make decisions ahead of time. Brought all of this together right? with intermittent fasting, with food protocols, with um, my experiences with habit and and habit changes and life changes and things like that through my 32 years of homeschooling, 36 years of having kids at home parenting. Yes, busy, busy, busy years where I learned so much. Brought it all together into the perfect storm. I'm not going to show the graphics for that, but you can go to DonnaReach.com forward slash perfect storm and the perfect storm of weight loss is there for you in order, okay? So my graphics girl has been putting the things up in the order they go, like step one, and then all of the graphics, the videos, the outlines, the um, handouts, all of those things there for you. I use these in my private coaching. So the little plug here for private coaching that if you are interested in private coaching, um, we will be using all of these materials to create your perfect storm of weight loss. Um, this is the middle of July when this is being recorded. And I will say that until July 31st, I have a half price special going on for intermittent fasting course graduates. So we have a uh, few hundred intermittent fasting course graduates who have taken the intermittent month long intermittent fasting course. For the rest of this month, for the month of July, they have the opportunity to buy the 16-week coaching package for half price. So it's just a special that I am offering to show my thanks and my appreciation uh, for those who have taken the course. So um, you can go over to donnerish.com forward slash coaching. All the coaching information is there, it's just that the half price package is for the IF graduates. You can set up a consult, I can talk to you, see if coaching would be a good fit or just get some help from me for a half an hour. That would be great too. All right. So last week in episode 21, I described the one big decision that we need to make ahead of time, talking all about this prefrontal cortex, deciding ahead of time, not waiting until we're in the moment and we need to make a decision. Uh, The funny thing about this is that I never use this in regards to weight and health and, um, and, uh, exercise, and things like that as much, but we use this concept all while we were raising our kids, right, we called it, we called it in our parenting seminar, we called it expectation explanations, and that is where we explain to our kids before something was going to happen, what was going to happen. So we get in the car, our oldest, who is a real little leader guy there, he would say, okay, everybody be quiet, it's time for mom and dad to talk and tell us everything, That's what he said, tell us everything. How cute is that? It's time for mom and dad to tell us everything. And so then we would tell them everything, right? And we used it in parenting toddlers. Then guess what? We used it in parenting teens. Many a night sitting down saying, what will you do in these situations? What will your protocol be? What will your answer be? What will your response be? What will your reaction be? And then as they uh, started in dating relationships and then engagement, what do you guys, we talk to the couples together. What is going to be your plan? What, how are you going to put safeguards in place to, you know, for your um, purity? It, the, all of these things we used throughout parenting, not even realizing that, hey, just apply this to your own life and you can overcome a lot of weight issues. I mean, seriously, all those years, we were 250 pounds overweight together, and we had no idea that the same things we were doing with our parenting, we could be doing in our own lives to make a difference in our health, our weight, our exercise, our weight management. So anyway, the one big decision last week, episode 21, um, by making that big decision, so you have your food protocol and you don't have to stay with the same one. Remember, you have to make the rules when it comes to your perfect storm weight loss. If you don't make the rules, then guess what? You'll rebel against them, right? So we make our rules ourselves. So you make your own protocol and you might stay on it for six months. You might stay on it for a year. You know, you might change to a different one, whatever it might be, but you, you decide your protocol. Then the one big decision that I taught last week in episode 21 And I have in the handout, if you go to uh, think, feel, eat, uh, donnerish.com forward slash think, feel, eat, um, you will find uh, these, all these handouts. So the pick a protocol where you, where I gave some suggestions for different protocols and the pluses and minuses and, and all those things are there. So the decision last week was, okay, based on my protocol, this is my master food list. 80% 80% of the time, I'm going to eat these foods. Now, people are like, but I don't want to just be limited to those foods. If you need a list of everything that you are going to eat that is on your protocol that you like, just at your fingertips, you need that list just to go, oh, huh! I completely forgot about chicken enchiladas. Yeah, I'll make me some of those. I love those, right? It can't be drudgery, you can't hate it, it can't be horrible, you can't de- you know, despise the food. Otherwise we will never stay on it. So that one big decision is going to be the foods that you're gonna eat 80% of the time. And then, you, we, then I have other teaching on the 80-20 and on your fun foods and planning those and all that. Now, the, one of the reasons why this is so effective is because you hear people say all the time, well, you can't apply abstinence to food. You can't apply abstinence to um, choosing your food, to to not overeating, to not eating um, things that maybe are less than healthy for you. I hesitate to say that because everybody's gonna make their own rules, but maybe let's say the super seductive foods. You can't apply abstinence to eating like you can with nicotine, or alcohol, or drugs, or gambling, or premarital sex, or, you know, whatever it might be, porn, whatever. Um, you can't apply the abstinence model to food because we can't abstain from food. And I've even said this myself through the years. With this big decision that I described last week in episode twenty-one, you are saying these are my foods, everything else I'm abstaining from. So it's kind of like the alcoholic who says, I am not drinking hard liquor anymore. For example, I'm only drinking, you know, no more than five beers a week, or I'm only drinking non-alcohol beer, or I'm only drinking one glass of wine a day, right? Making a decision ahead of time is a form of abstinence. And so then the abstinence, Benefits come into play because there are many benefits from abstinence. The most successful programs for weight loss are the ones that cut out entire things, no sugar, no flour, no, no uh, processed fats, like Brightline or Overeaters Anonymous or Food Anonymous. They are the most successful because abstinence does work in some case, in many cases. So when you make your food protocol and you're saying I'm going to eat 80% this and I'm only not eating this whenever I decide ahead of time, twice a week, one dessert, one dinner out, whatever it might be, you're creating an abstinence environment. Do you see how helpful this can be? Because then suddenly, Anytime you want to eat something that's not on your 80% list and it's not a fun food episode, you can just say, it's not my food. That's what, that's what the overeaters anonymous say. That's what the food addicts say. That's what the bright line eating say, eating people say, they say that's not my food. They even say NMF, not my food. They have an abbreviation for it. So creating this one big decision ahead of time. So go to, um, um, DonnaReach.com forward slash perfect storm. Scroll down until you see the helpful foods list. Print off the one that is closest to your eating protocol. And then white out the ones, the foods that you don't like, add your own foods and make your big decision. All right. Now, the next decision is the daily one. And I want to do a quick, I'm going to do it quickly, a quick, willpower review here before i get into that because the pro the reason we need to decide ahead of time and not in the moment we have our food list this is what i eat this is me these are not me the reason we do these things is because we can't count on willpower so i did willpower extensively weight loss lifestyle 60 and 61. I'm gonna review a few concepts right here because then you'll see why this daily decision is the next thing you need to decide ahead of time. So the willpower research found that we spend four hours per day resisting temptations. Okay, without even saying anything else, we can logically say, wow, four hours of resisting temptations, no wonder I run out of willpower. I mean, isn't that just common sense that we wouldn't have enough because of that? Yes, it's true. Four hours a day of decisions that we have to um, be able to resist, temptations that we have to be able to resist. There are many other research studies out there and I go over them in 60 and 61, like um, M&Ms on the table versus across the room and the barriers. And like if the M&Ms are across there, they're using all their brain power and it takes and to use their brain power so they can't solve puzzles as well. If the M&Ms are here, they don't have the barriers. It's because staying true to food when you haven't decided ahead of time, but instead you're relying on willpower, uses up too much emotional and mental energy. Okay? Another researcher found that we make 119 food-related decisions a day. So that means we have a willpower gap, right? That means that we do not have enough willpower left to overcome the urges that we're going to have. And then willpower, of course, drains us and depletes us from all kinds of decisions and actions. You hear people today a lot of times say, I just don't have enough bandwidth for that. Right? Right? I just don't have enough bandwidth for that. Today, I was the computer was doing the printer was doing something, and I said, um, uh, and a thing came up that said uh, needs tech assistance or something like that it needs tech attention. I said needs tech needs tech attention, and I yelled out to my husband, the printer needs tech attention, and I don't have the brain power for it. The, the it needs tech attention, and I don't have any power for it. I was saying can't do it. Can't do it, cannot handle the printer, right? And that's what happens to us with willpower. Now, I mentioned this before, you know, Ray, Baby, and I have lost 220 pounds together. Okay, we're hoping for 30 more, we're working towards that, we're learning more every day, definitely getting a lot stronger, wearing smaller clothes, that's all been really, really, really fun. I have a new wardrobe this summer, it's just been a blast. But before we lost weight, we did some pretty hard things. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we homeschooled seven kids for 32 years. Day in and day out for 32 years, we homeschooled. Very, very hard thing to do. We built businesses. We stayed married for 39 years. We worked on things that were hard, really, really hard. And I'm not saying that if you didn't do these things, that's not good. I'm just saying... We did things that looking back on them, they seem like they would be really, really hard things, but yet we couldn't lose this 250 pounds. And now we know that it is because we did not understand the amount, the type and the intensity of willpower that is needed to lose weight and to sustain, to sit with food urges to not let food control us. We had no idea. We just thought we were faulty. Everybody thinks, we, we all think we're faulty, right? We all think that, that, you know, it's just, we're broken. You know, if we were one of those people who could eat whatever they wanted and not gain weight, everything would be great. When in reality, our brain, our body, our taste buds, our brain chemicals, our neurotransmitters, they're all doing what they were designed to do make sure that we don't go hungry (laughs) and just really, really seek out hyper palatable foods. So we handle willpower in a lot of ways ineffectively, right? We try to white knuckle, to resist temptation. We try, they used to have where we tried eating several small meals a day, thinking that this would be good because we would never allow ourselves to get hungry so that we would always be ahead of hunger not understanding that there are distinct differences between over-desire and over-hunger. And just because you solved the hunger issue doesn't mean you've solved the over-desire issue. Think about people whom we all know who have started intermittent fasting and who intermittent fast and do one meal a day, divided by three. They do a man divided by three. I know a lot of people in this category. They fast for 20 hours every single day, they don't go off, but yet they still are maybe 50 pounds from their goal weight. You're like, how could that be? It's because they have tamed over hunger through um, intermittent fasting, because intermittent fasting does train and tame over hunger. Solve that problem right there with IF, right? Many, most of us have, but they have not solved the over craving, right? Because just because you have solved hunger doesn't mean you've solved cravings and so when we try to white knuckle we try to eat those several small meals a day what happens then is that we are just spiking your insulin all the time we're just making ourselves crave more and more and more so maybe we're not hungry because we're eating as soon as, as soon as we have a little hint of hunger maybe we're not hungry but we haven't solved anything about cravings as a matter of fact we've made the cravings worse by eating so frequently. Another way we try to handle it is by eating whatever we want, but counting, okay? And this is what I never understood because I would go on diets of different kinds, certain carbs, certain points, certain calories, whatever. Why couldn't I stay within it? Why couldn't I stay under that count? And it was probably because I was over hungry and over desiring at that point, over craving and over hungry, okay. So IF does help with willpower greatly, right? We already know that from previous episodes that it trains our ghrelin so that we don't get hungry. You know, I can go 17, 18, 19 hours. I don't have hunger. It's just amazing. I have trained ghrelin. It is uh, trained by me. I'm a ghrelin trainer, trainer, okay? And there are other things in the willpower uh, episodes, weight loss, lifestyle 60 and 61 that you can learn about. But the, one of the things that helps with this willpower gap, that this problem that we have with food is deciding ahead of time. We saw last week when we decide our, these are our foods, we are making a boundary for ourselves. We are saying these are our foods and these are not our foods. So we can truly say I'm abstinent from anything not on this list. I'm abstaining from anything that's not on this list. I'm only eating what is on this list. I'm abstaining from all these other things unless I've planned it, you know, twice a week ahead of time, very, very controlled. Okay. And I talk about that in the, um, I think it's 16, 17, and 18. So we've seen how that decision creates an environment of atmos- of um, abstinence. And that is really, really helpful. I'm not eating if it's not on this list. That's the first thing. The second thing that we can do to decide ahead of time is to decide our food ahead of time each day. Now, most of us have come from situations, diet situations and so forth, where we might think about what we're going to eat and maybe we'll write a few things down or whatever, um, but most of the time coming in from other weight loss approaches, what we've done is we've written it down as we've eaten it. And then we're like, I am in trouble. Here it is, six o'clock and I have 300 calories left. And so then we try to eat a salad, with no cheese, no dressing, <laughs> okay and we're hungry in the evening and we give in. Of course, our willpower is low, right? That's another beautiful thing about intermittent fasting is that you're saving all your willpower up for your eating window because you don't have to use it when you're training ghrelin. So it's still, I know I say it all the time. I'm still so amazed by that. I'm just so amazed. I didn't have to use any of my willpower. I have it all now for tonight. So amazing, right? Um, But the decisions ahead of time compensate, help us compensate for those issues surrounding, um, over, over desire and over cravings. All right. So again, prefrontal cortex, decision-making part of our brain, the thinking part, the part that cares about us, that wants our best interest, that thinks about the future and just wants so many great things. Do you ever just think about just sit there and like at night, maybe daydream, nightdream with you while well, you're still awake about things you look forward to and just how great it's gonna be and how you can't wait for it to happen. And your prefrontal cortex is the one who is thinking about all of that. That's the part of the brain that is like planning for this great, in my case, 40th anniversary vacation next year. It is the, the one who is planning tomorrow to eat more protein before I work out or because of my workout to get stronger. It is the one who is planning ahead of time how many hours I'm going to fast and how strong I'm going to be. It is the one that has so, part of your brain that has so many good plans for you. It's so cool. It's like your past self, your your current self planning for your future. And then when it happens, you're like your past self did this for you. So, 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 so cool. I love thinking about that because we like have, somebody who we know, like, loves us, right? I mean, loves us and cares about us because we love and care about ourselves, right? I mean, that's uh, an old spiritual truth in any, you know, religion that we all, that we love and care for ourselves, right? And so our prefrontal cortex is that part that decides ahead of time. It is unaffected by emotions. It's unaffected by willpower. It's unaffected by cravings. You know, like I said before, it's that Saturday night, Pinterest time, pinning all the great recipes for Monday, right? So many good things planned for ourselves, uh, It's the planning part. Um, it cares deeply about us, but when we make a decision in the moment, that is our primal brain, our, our um, toddler brain, so to speak, and it doesn't care about what's best. It only cares about avoiding pain and getting comfort, avoiding pain and getting comfort. That's all it cares about, right? Because, and we need both of those, right? Because if we're in a dangerous situation, we need our, our toddler brain to kick in to do a crazy thing that we wouldn't do like lift a car off of somebody, right? We would, with our, if we were planning ahead we would think, well, I hope when that happens that I have some sort of Jack and I hope there are about five or six people and, (laughs) Okay. but our toddler brain in the moment just goes over and start, tries to start lifting it, right? And then of course, there are other hormones and things like adrenaline that come into play and maybe we can do it, maybe we can't. But we need the toddler brain for emergencies, but it's not a good friend to us for plans and our future and the best life that we have and our best bodies and our health. So studies show that we always plan to eat better ahead of time, right? We always think we can do it ahead of time. I've talked about a study before where people were signing up for dessert for next week or two weeks from that meeting. They just turned in a card, fruit or cake, you know, 78% or something chose the fruit. It was all anonymous. When the actual event came 77, the, it was flipped. The high percentage actually ate the cake and not the fruits. Good thing they had enough to go around and planned ahead and knew about us uh, with our toddler brain in the moment. If we'd had to put our name on it, it would have been different, wouldn't it? That would be more um, more prefrontal cortex and also, you know, peer pressure and things like that coming into play. But so um, we need to use this deciding ahead of time to our strength. All of those good things that we want for ourselves. All of that great planning. All of those. Yes, you can do it. All of those healthy things. We need to use that to our advantage. So with that. um, We, we need to plan our food each day. All right. so I'm going to share a document that's going to be at the blog. um, Think Feely episode 22. It will come via email. So if you're not subscribed to DonReach.com, go subscribe and it will come to you via email next Wednesday, and it will be up the, it'll be up the blog next Wednesday. And um, it is your decide ahead of time journal. Now, one thing that I really recommend, and this is what I do with my clients too, is I recommend that we don't, let me go to here, I recommend that we don't um, do too many things all at the same time. You've heard me teach a lot about habits and about how those are formed, and when we do too many things, oh sorry about that. When we do, here it is, journal page, sorry. When we do too many things at one time, we are asking too much of ourselves. And our we're not using habit research, which says from the ABCs, we had that, what week do we have the ABCs, the habit formation. Um, I think it was episodes 19 and 20. I think 20 is where the document is, the ABCs of habit, uh, the three steps for forming a habit. When we put too many things in at one time, we do not use um, habit stacking and things like that, and we uh, do not use our consistency, our continuity and things to build on. So make it simple. So this is actually part of what I use with my clients. It's also going to become part of a document that is going to be called the first four, which is a mini course that I am creating for free. Um, But you can use it now, all right? I just won't explain all of the aspects of it uh, right now because I'm just gonna focus on the food. All right, so the one of the four, of the first four is to plan your day's food, okay? Uh, Keep in mind that you propel what you plan and you move what you measure. All right, so here we have three times. I assume that intermittent fasters will not be eating more than three times in one day. So you could have meal one, snack, meal two. You know, you can have snack, meal, dessert. You know, you could have snack, meal, meal, whatever it is. However, you, I usually have two MAD. So I'll have a meal and a meal, and then sometimes I'll just plan a snack, and then if I don't want it, I don't have it, Okay. Um, in between those. So um, the deal is this, do not get, like I said, too elaborate and do things that you will not be able to keep up, right? So be sure that you are doing something that you can do, that you can keep doing, um, that you can do every day. Now, at first, you're going to want this to be perfect. Okay, let me just go back over this and I'll go to not sharing. So you're going to just write your foods and your amounts right here. I recommend that you not do a bunch of calories, not do a bunch of carbs, not do a bunch of uh, protein, macronutrients, points, whatever, unless you are pretty far along in this process. At first, what we need is to build self-integrity, like in episodes number 19 and 20, right? We will not be able to build self-integrity if we do all of these things and we don't do them, okay? And our prefrontal cortex, in addition to being the planner and you know the guy that has our back and all that kind of thing, it's also a big dreamer. I have like this, my, I, I figure that my prefrontal cortex must be larger than the average person's prefrontal cortex. Not saying my brain is bigger. <laughs> I'm just saying that part of my brain that dreams must be bigger, <laughs> right? So we want to be sure that we, um, that we just write down the food and the amount exactly three times. Okay. And you can use the rest of this journal as well. I'm going to come off and stop sharing for a minute and give you some other tips. Here we go. So you want to be sure that you don't try anything too elaborate. Like you can go ahead and decide your 80-20 food, your 80% food, decide your protocol, or you cannot. The first four, this is going to be used in the mini course, first four. And at that point, there's no food decision made. There's just Time to eat, writing down ahead of time, water and sleep. Now, the reason I say that is because if you go ahead and write down whatever you will eat, like today, I was out for a long time, so I went through the drive through McDonald's. I haven't been through the drive through McDonald's in at least six months. I can't even remember the last time I was at. I I, I don't even go through drive throughs usually because they're too calorie dense, and I just really can't afford them at the size that I am and how much, you know, how many how much food I can have to sustain my 57 year old body at this at this weight and with still trying to lose. And also, um, at my age, I just, I just, I really can't afford much fast food. So I just, um, don't do that. But I knew that I was going to be out and about, and I thought it sounded, I thought chicken nuggets sounded really good for some reason. And I make chicken nuggets at home all the time, but, um, you know, we just eat at home with the time because it's easier to stay on our plan. Um, and I and I just wrote that down, just chicken nuggets, just six pack chicken nuggets. It was just, it was no big deal. It wasn't like, it was like, oh, oh, I can't write that. That's not perfect, right? I wrote down exactly what I was going to eat, exactly. I'm having some tortilla chips after a bit. Exactly, write that down, exactly, okay? Those, the, the chicken nuggets really aren't off my protocol because I can't have them as long as I have protein and aren't too calorie dense. But um, s- you write down whatever it is you will eat. At first I was writing down peanut M&Ms like every day. I would literally have one or two of those fun sizes of peanut M&Ms every day. Um, write down exactly what it is Write down more than what you think you will eat and eat less. But don't write down less. Don't write down perfection. Don't write down something that you cannot be 100% sure you will do. Remember all I teach you on self-integrity. You cannot be in self-integrity if you try to do everything perfectly. Because the moment you mess up, your self-integrity is gone. The only way you can make it work is if you have self-integrity when it is easy. So write down exactly what you're going to eat. Nacho Supreme, you know, Burger King, what are they? Whoppers, Burger King and Whopper, write down a Burger King Whopper. Whatever it is, write it down. All right. I think it's good to write down the amounts. At this point, you don't have to write, you know, like how many grams or whatever, but like, you know, two bags, two individual serving size bags of Skinny Pop, you know, whatever it might be. Okay. Just do this for 90 seconds every morning or the night before for the next day. And you will find yourself getting better and better and better at it. And you will find yourself being in self integrity. You're like, wow, I really did eat everything on there. So, next whopper, I'm gonna get a junior whopper. Next time, I'm gonna take off the middle bun. I don't know if I don't like whoppers. I don't like all that stuff in my sandwiches, but I don't know if they have a middle bun. But anyway, I'm gonna take off the middle bun. Next time, I'm gonna move from a medium fry to a small fry. And you'll be like, I did this, I did what I said I was going to do. I did it every single day for a whole week. Look at how amazing this has been. I can do more. I can do better. I can get better. Because I do what I tell myself I will do. Two decisions ahead of time. Your food protocol, 80% of the time. Exactly all the foods. I write down everything. I write down um, homemade hamburger helper. I have this little homemade hamburger helper thing that I make out of simply potatoes and ground turkey. I write down uh, shake and bake chicken in the air fryer. I write down French fries in the air fryer. I write down baked tortilla chips with cheese. I write down everything on that 80% list. All things I like, all things that I like, nothing I don't like, right? We won't stay on it. We won't stay on it if we don't like it. We especially won't stay on it if we hate it. So anyway, that's the first big decision. And then this is your daily. Your daily decision is to decide ahead of time what you're going to eat the next day or that morning of it exactly. And eat only what you've written down. If you want something else and it is not on that list, flip to the next page and put it on the next day. There's always the next day. I'll see you next week in Think, Feel, Eat. Thank you for joining me.